everyone, and welcome to Outside the Crystal Ball, episode 20. I'm Emily Minton. And I am Joe Nyshaw. Our friend Joe has graciously agreed to join us again this week. Ronnie is taking an indefinite hiatus from the podcast. However, you are still welcome to reach out to him at RevRonaldFlores.com. Don't forget, guys, to rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to us on. And if you are viewing us on YouTube, the algorithm is still doing that weird thing where we need comments in order to be viewed. So if you could go in and throw in a comment for us, that would be wonderful. On today's show, we are going to be talking about the Moon Tarot card, and we're going to discuss this idea, this concept of the thinning of the veil and how it plays into a couple of different traditions and a couple of different cultures around the world. I'm going to show you at the end how you're able to practice your mediumship and your psychic abilities while this veil is thin. Ooh. Baby. So we're going to go ahead and get started with our tarot of the week. It is the moon tarot card. Now, when you look at this card, it is full of symbolism. You can see that there is a domesticated dog and a coyote, and they're both howling at the moon. This symbolizes both sides of yourself. The coyote is your wild side, where the dog is your more domesticated side. Now, the crayfish at the bottom that's crawling out of the water and down that path through the mountain symbolizes your quest for the meaning of life. Now, how they got that out of... A crawfish? Yeah, a crawfish. Is that how you say it? Crawfish? In my part of middle... Yeah, my my part of, my part of Florida they do. <laughs> yeah, in my part of Alabama it was crawdaddy. So it was crawdaddies in the creek. But you can also see here there's a moon that's in between two towers. Those towers symbolize your consciousness and your unconscious self, right? So what this card is asking us to do is inviting you to confront the parts of yourself that you deem unlovable or unacceptable by others. It's showing you that under the light of the moon, everything is revealed. You can't hide anything anymore, and nor should you, because those shadow parts of yourself are wonderful. They're parts of you. You just have to learn to work with them rather than against like them. Like shadow parts, like being lazy, being ugly. Yes. <laughs> like, and, and ugly, for those of you not from the South, that means rude. <laughs> That's how we say it down here. <laughs> that means that you're being rude or, or, exactly. or disrespectful. Yes. Right. That would definitely be a shadow part of yourself. Uh, jealousy would be a shadow feature. You know, things that you have about you that you might be ashamed of, but you shouldn't be because right. they're you. They're part of you. Right. Just learn how to work with them. You know, right. don't don't hide them. Just work with them to to make you a better person. Um now, if you get this card, if you're pulling this card for someone that you're doing a reading for, it reveals ac um, aspects of your shadow self. Like I said, it's going to say, it's, it's telling you, don't hide it. Bring it out into the open. It's part of you. It's this duality between human nature and this urge that we have to always change and always evolve, which guys, if you remember from last week with the death card, that's what it was all about. Evolving, changing, how normal it is to be different and to grow as a human, right? We want to grow spiritually. We want to grow in our career. We want to grow in our relationship. Staying the same doesn't always get you where you need to be. Right. So that's what this card is asking. Do you want to stay where you are, where it's safe, but you may not be reaching your goals and meeting your potential? Or do you want to try to challenge yourself? Do you want to grow a little bit? Um, if you are pulling this card and looking for answers in the world of love and romance, or maybe even friendship, you may have a, there may be a secret somewhere 
that needs to be brought to light. There's some sort of dishonesty that's happened or some something that's being hidden. What's done in the dark? Oh, look at that. Look at you. Yeah. Second show and yeah, you're already there. Second show. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Look I'm at proud me. of you. So the truth is now going to come, you know, come out. That's what this card is telling you. There's going to be some honest conversations being had in your career and in money. If you pull this card, listen to your gut. Your gut is telling you to do something or not do something for a reason. Listen to it. When you pull this card, it's telling you probably you shouldn't sign a contract because there could be hidden fees. There could be hidden parts of that contract that you're not completely aware of. And you might be signing something that you're not aware that you're signing. Um, if this card is, is presented to you reversed, that is just saying that you are refusing to acknowledge that part of you that wants to evolve, that part of you that wants right. to change. You are refusing to acknowledge the truth and kind of dig deeper to, to, to grow spiritually. Growing spiritually is not easy, guys. It's hard. It's yeah. a lot of work. It's you, you might hear about shadow work, you know, having to work with those parts of you that you may not really like, right? And like one of the things that I would say is a shadow part of myself is I don't like, and this is, this is real bad. It's real bad. <laughs> I don't like to do hard stuff. <laughs> Same here. I don't. I don't. Same. Losing weight. I've been working on it for like five years and I'll do nice. really good for three days. And then I'm like, I really want a margarita and some nachos. Right? I really do. Exactly. And so I fall. And then I'm like, okay, I got to start over on Monday. So then Monday comes around and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm great. It's just, that's a part of myself I need to work on. It's not that it's a bad part of me. It's a part of me I don't like. Yeah. But because it's making my life hard, right? <laughs> and if you work to get better, then it, it's going to lead you down a path to a good evolution, you know, of your spirituality. I think that my shadow work would probably... uh Stop being so naive and, and listening to my, listening to my gut. I hate to listen to my gut sometimes mm -hmm. because, well, you don't want to you don't want to look at people, you know, like differently, right? You know, and, and and again, that that would probably be. And I'm glad you explained what shadow work is because I have heard that term and I'm like, okay, what are they talking about? Right. That is what it means. Yeah, that's exactly what it means. And naivety is not a bad thing. When I, you know, I think of naivety, I think of Rose Nyland on the Golden Girls. Like, loved her. Right? Right. She was the, one of the best ones on there. I say one of the, she's one and of the best made four. Her. But that's, that's what, what made, made her. her. Yeah, yeah, she wasn't dumb. No. She was very smart, but she was naive. She believed the best in everybody. And that was something she, you know, she needed to work on. It might be something you need to work on because, you know, while believing the best in people is really, really good, it's also can be very, very, um, I don't want to say unsafe. That's not a good word. Well, it is. It can just lead, it can lead to a lot of heartbreak sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. when, when you don't want to see that certain people can, can mistreat you. You know, you don't want to believe that. But it's, you know, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. And you talked about that, the character from the Golden Girls. I mean, that's what made her. That's mm -hmm. what I loved about mm -hmm. her. And honestly, that is a part that I loved about myself. But it's not, I mean, the, the only way to say it, it's not safe. Not it all isn't. the time. Yeah. Not all the time. Right. Absolutely. That's what this card is. I think it's a great card to pull. Yeah. Um, it's Last week I pulled death, Joe, and you weren't here with us last week, but I pulled the death card and that's a scary card for people, but it's not what it means. It's just a cycle of death and rebirth, right? That's all it really means. And this kind of ties to that. It kind of ties to that thought of 
like shedding the skin. Yeah, like, just just you you continue to grow and you continue to change, and that's yeah. what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the reason that we're here. Well, let's get started with today's main yes. topic, the thinning of the veil. We are so excited. You can see the table is decorated. Joe brought in some really awesome decorations to share with us. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with that term, the thinning of the veil, although most of you probably are if you're listening to our show, it is a, a metaphorical veil or, or, I don't know, curtain, I guess, if you will, that prevent that, that separates the spiritual world from the physical world. Now, in some religions, it is believed at certain times of year that that veil becomes thinner and it's easier for spirit to pass through to communicate with, with us over here in the physical world. Um, we all communicate with spirit differently, right? We all are going to communicate whether you're a medium, you're a psychic, you're an empath, you're, um, you're pagan, you're, you're a dog. <laughs> oh, cause my dog is in here. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Everybody communicates with spirit a little bit differently. And so we're going to dive into a couple of different cultures here and how they celebrate the thinning of the veil. Guys, by no means are we going into every single culture, every single religion. It's a 45-minute podcast. All right, I try to keep it about that. So we're not going to cover everything. If there is a part of these cultures that you celebrate and you, um, it's important to your family and your traditions, share it with us. I love hearing how you guys celebrate these things. Um, I am not... Full disclaimer, we're, neither of us are... are are not professionals, but neither of us. We're not that either. (laughs) We're not that either. Truth. Um, No, um, uh, neither of us, you know, know everything there is about these traditions. About anything. About anything Anything. and life in general. So (laughs) no, but uh, especially about these traditions, you know, I'm, I'm pretty new to it in the, Mm -hmm. in the past, like eight years. Um, we, I'm new to it in the past eight days. It's actually been about eight hours right. um, since we uh, did some major <laughs> research on on these celebrations. So again, we mean absolutely no disrespect right. if we miss out on anything. And 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 sure, I'm I'm sure you would uh, love feedback if we have gotten something wrong. Absolutely, know? if we if we don't have it right, or even yeah. if there's stuff to add, because like I said, we're not going through it all. We're kind of scratching the surface here. And we're not coming from a place of disrespect. We are absolutely blown away yeah. by what we've learned about these about these religions, about these cultures. Um, I, I think that it keeps you open minded, and yes. I think it keeps you respectful of other cultures. The more you know about them, the more you educate yourself about their traditions and what it means. Um, what each of these things mean, you know, yeah. because, yeah, I see, for example, the Day of the Dead that we're going to talk about in a little bit. I see the sugar skulls. I see, you know, you see all this stuff everywhere, but you don't really know what it means until you learn about it. And that's the important part is, is in respecting religion and respecting culture is learn, educate yourself. So please correct us if we get any yeah. of this stuff wrong. Please. Please. So let's go ahead and get started with the Dia de los Muertos, Day Ooh. of the Dead. Day of the Dead. Ain't too bad for a Southern girl. That I cannot do. I'll be honest. <laughs> I can't with roll you. my R. I can't yeah, roll well, my R. she did a pretty darn good job. Maybe Ian and Ivana be proud of me. Ten out of ten. <laughs> right. Thank you. <laughs> so what we've learned, guys, is that, and you may already know this, Day of the Dead is celebrated in Mexico, but every religion is or every region is a little bit different. Not every region does it the same way. So, of course, we're not going to be able to cover every single region's traditions here. So that's why we're encouraging you guys to share it with us. Now, um, Day of the Dead is a celebration 
of life. Yep. It is not sad. It is not somber. It is not a time where they are sad. They are celebrating and encouraging spirit from the other side, their deceased ancestors, to return to communicate with them. Yeah, and that's why you see all these bright, like these, 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 these bright. It's not dark and somber Mm-mm. at all. It, 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 it's colorful. Their decorations, like filling nearly every, you know, space in in everybody's home. Um, their their celebratory meals. Uh, their um, it, it's common to um have street parties and music and dancing and face paint and parades that we'll get into. Absolutely. And so it's this time of joy. And I I need to make it very, very clear that this is nothing to do with Halloween. Does it fall around the same time? Yes, but it is completely separate. So for those of you that thought maybe it went together, it does not. It is two separate entities. It's two separate things. This is a celebration of life. This is a welcoming home of ancestors that have left before us. Now, this um, tradition it's been around for a really, really long time. Mesoamerica, the Aztecs had a little piece of it. That's most of the research we did, and the couple people that I spoke to said it came from, you know, this combination of Aztec tradition and Catholicism. When the Spanish conquistadors came over, they brought Catholicism with them. November 2nd is All Souls Day. Did I get that right or is it All Saints Day? Give me a second. It is wait for it, friends. Yes, November 2nd is All Souls, Souls Day. Day. And that's a, a Christian practice, mm-hmm. right? So they brought that over. They've combined it with this idea of Dia de, de los Muertos. Um, and this is what we have now is this com- this combined celebration. Now, I had somewhere to go with that, Joe. Where was I going? When it's celebrated. When? What we dates? Got, we got a lot of stuff on okay. that. Because it can go from October 28th and I think you said it can go all the way out to November 6th so in some areas. There are certain parts of Mexico that, again, just like Emily said, they, they start on the uh, on the 28th. Um, there are two, like, prominent days, though, regardless of where it mm-hmm. is. Um, for children that have passed, and I was about to say over, over the Rainbow Bridge. That's not That's what I... Animals. Well, I mean, it's kind of like that. But um, October 31st at midnight, is solely for the kids that have passed. So for that 24 hours, um, it's for the kids. And then the next 24 hours, the adults are celebrating. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, that there are s- some some places that, that celebrate it th- through the 6th. I mean, I have personally researched ones just like celebrations here in Florida that go th- for the whole week. Right. Right. So... And I think it's going to be different on in every region that you go to in Mexico, you know, how long they celebrate it for. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. And I, it's kind of like if you relate it to the, the Christian holiday Christmas, that's a lot of work for one day. <laughs> and I feel like this is kind of the same. This is a lot of work for two days. So the longer you can stretch it out and, and, and take advantage of all of this hard work, I think the better. I think personally, if I... If I were celebrating this, I would do it the 28th through the 6th. Like it would be, I would use every minute that I could. I'd do it year round. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. (laughs) It is. So some of the symbols that you guys are probably familiar with, some of the stuff that you see here on the table, these are symbols and pieces of the the celebration. So we're going to go through a few of those with you. 
Um, Joe's going to start by telling you how this idea of the sugar skull came into fruition. Well, okay, so there was a cartoonist in the in the 20th century. His name was Jose Guadalupe Posada. So he was a uh, cartoonist that uh, mocked politicians. Um, but he also, um, I, I'll say, invented this, this character, this La uh, Calavera Katrina. And, and she was like this elegant skull and she had this makeup and hair and, you know, just dressed fancy and stuff like that. So that 1910 um, etching was originally about, uh, it was intended as a statement of like Mexicans um, adopting like European fashions. But over time, she became basically like the icon of like Day of the Dead. So that's why all these celebrations you you see, you usually see a a very pretty skeleton woman, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, dressed up in clothes. And, and you know, it, it, it's also spread to men because we we actually um, found um, that's a man. Yeah, you can it see is. it on the it's screen. Sideburns. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so it, it, it spread over to men, you know, women decorate their, their faces. And it's actually quite common in the parades that we'll get into, um, later for, for people to decorate, uh, their, their face, um, to either look like her or, you know, just in general. That's kind of where that idea comes from. And that's what, when I see sugar skulls, that's what I've always correlated to day of the dead. Right. And I never had any idea of the story behind it, like where it came from. You just you know, okay, that's what that means. Now, Joe found a really cool object. If you're on YouTube, you can see it. And if you're not on YouTube, I'll post it on, on Instagram um, later on. So the story behind this sugar skull, so I, I'm going to be fully transparent here. Prior to eight to nine years ago, I would look at sugar skulls and, you know, to be honest with you, it kind of freaked me out because I, I couldn't understand how people could almost like celebrate death, you know, and I didn't, you know, I did not know the history behind it and I mm -hmm. wish I would have educated myself. So I am at a garage sale. I go up to a table and this is on the table. Now, you know, Emily can see this. I, Emily just said, is that made out of coconut? And I guess it is. Um, this is like a coconut shell, but it was the, this very pretty um, sugar skull. And um, I went up to the lady and I said, how much is it? And, you know, why are you getting rid of this? Because I just want it. I don't want it. You can have it. And I was like, OK, so getting just this piece just got me more and more infatuated with uh, uh, not only sugar skulls, but like to learn more about uh, about this celebration. Um, so, yeah, you know, you will see a lot of um, sugar skulls, uh, candy. Yeah, there's a couple of pictures we'll share with you guys. They make the little cookies, little sugar skull cookies, which I would like some of those now, please. Yes. Look how beautiful. Can Thank you, you. How long do you think that takes to make? Like more time than we have. Oh, my goodness. And then just the decorations, the sugar skull decorations that you'll see. We have a couple of them on the table here. 
but they'll be they'll they'll be used at the gravesides. They're used at the altars. They're mm-hmm. just part of the decorations, part of the decor. Yeah. So you'll see a lot of you know sugar skulls like this. You'll actually also see that they they pay. You know this is this is a cat or a dog. It's a little it's, dog. It's a dog. Um, they, they do this to to the dogs too. They have these. Um, and I and I apologize ahead of time no, if good. I mess it up, but it's alab. These are like mystical creatures, okay? Um, like sometimes you'll see like uh, these big like lizards with wings or maybe like deer with wings and, you know, and they're just right. like unusual animals. And I have to plug Disney um, for <laughs> uh, if you've ever seen the movie Coco, um, I learned a lot about the Day of the Dead celebration in that movie as well. Um, you would see these mystical characters like flying around. Oh, Not okay. that that happens in Mexico, but I'm just saying, you know, it's it's you'll see a lot of these um, decorations with these uh, these uh, mystical creatures, which these aren't really mystical because I think this is a cat and maybe this is a dog. But um, you'll also see the candles. Mm-hmm. Lots of candles. Um, one of the things that I love the most are these marigolds. Yes. These you're going to see a lot. And the reason they, they picked the marigold for a reason it's not just some random flower. They picked it because of its smell. And the smell is believed to attract spirit back to the side of the veil. It's believed mm-hmm. to attract spirit. So you're going to see as we talk, every piece of their symbology is to lure spirit To lure back. them back yeah, to, to where they... And I don't want to say lure like they're baiting them in. I mean, like to guide them, I guess would be the better way. Right. To guide them back to home. Right. Which I think is amazing. There are also tons of pastries and sweets and breads that are made. There's um, one bread called, what was it? Pen de la Muertas. You're doing a better job at that than I am. I'm all right. I'm all okay. right. And that is, it's made to resemble a pile of bones. Just the bread is. And really, you give me mm-hmm. bread. I don't care what it looks like. I'm going to eat it. I think there's sugar on it. Too. Oh, yes, please. Oh, I mean, yes, please. Okay. Um, but the altars, the altars are what, well, I'm going to say this is the second thing that blows my mind about this thing. We're going to get to the other one later. But the altars are amazing. I have one on the screen here. This is a very basic one. And you're going to see pieces of what we've already talked about incorporated into the altars, right? There's fans, there's religious symbology, there's candles, there's marigolds, there's things that that person loved to eat, things that person loved to drink. There are um, things they like to do. Like on this one, you can see the magazines, the books, the records that they like to listen to. The most important piece there is the photo. You want pictures of that person there so that you are leading them Mm -hmm. back home. Now, I said they can be very basic, but they can also be very ornate. That is unbelievable. Look at that. How beautiful. Look at all the vibrant colors. Absolutely gorgeous. It's made, you can see the banners that are decorated on the front there. Even those banners are made the way that they are. They have those cutouts in them to allow Mm -hmm. spirit to travel through them to make it easier for them to get home so there's no way that they're going to be, I mean, there's no obstacles that they have to go through, which I thought was absolutely amazing. That one is incredible, Emily. Do you see like the hat off to the side? Mm -hmm. The little shopping bag. Oh, so great. It is really cool. You see the bottle of wine back there. Lots of photos, toys, pictures. I I just, I love it. I love it. That's great. Also on those altars, you're going to see the four elements um, of our planet, right? You have wind, fire, I wrote these down, 
water, wind, fire, and earth. Yep. The water is what's is always left in a glass or a pitcher, and that's to quench the spirit's thirst. The wind is represented by those paper banners that are hanging mm-hmm. down that I was just talking about. They have little cutouts in them. Um, earth is represented by the food, especially that bread. And the candles represent fire. Um, and it says that it represents the cardinal direction so spirits can find their way, Jeez, wow. which I love. Isn't that great? It really, really is. I think it's absolutely beautiful. Um, something else that is really cool is the correlation with monarch butterflies. Ooh. Monarch butterflies migrate to Mexico every winter, and they usually arrive about November 1st, somewhere in there. And that it's believed that they carry with them the spirits of the deceased and bring them back to their homes in Mexico How at that beautiful. point. Absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, and the last thing we're going to talk about real quick are the parades. Yes. So we learned a lot about this um, researching this. So. I always thought that the parades were just the thing for like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, decades, centuries. Yeah. Right. Centuries. Right. Longer than decades. Um, (laughs) So we actually found out that (laughs) it all came down to a James Bond movie that came out in 2016. So evidently there was some James Bond movie that was filmed um, in Mexico. And in that movie, they had a Day of the Dead parade. Mm -hmm. And once they had that one parade, I guess it just kind of like caught like wildfire. And, you know, now those parades are are more prominent like that. Those didn't exist. What you did see is a lot of like mini celebrations, parties. Mm -hmm. Right. But you did not see like the whole community coming together and doing a big like parade. So those are actually only seven years old. Wow. But um, I would love, and, you know, we live in Florida. Yeah. Um, I would love to go down to Miami and uh, actually, like, be a part of a, a Day of the Dead celebration. I mean, I would love to go to Mexico. I would love and to go, actually yeah. And just watch. Just eat bread. And, and just eat bread. <laughs> Eat bread, celebrate. I mean, it would, I think it would be absolutely, absolutely beautiful. But yeah, that was crazy because I always thought that the Day of the Dead parades was always a thing, but evidently mm-hmm. it's it's fairly new. I, I think that's really, really cool. And it was, I think Mexico City yes. was like where the big, huge one is. Yep. I think that's absolutely amazing. Now, my most favorite part of this whole thing are the cemeteries. Wow. The cemeteries, and I have a picture on the screen here for those of you who are watching on YouTube. Cemeteries are are mind blowing. Yeah, they will the the living go and they wash the graves. They decorate the graves with all of these symbols. You can see them on the screen. Lots of candles, lots of flowers, lots of music. They sit at their graveside. They they sing. They play guitar. They have conversations. In this picture in the background, you can see people sitting on the graves. Yeah, having conversations. You know what was un un well not unusual, but I I didn't know this that. It is like a common practice over there during these celebrations that they will actually sit on the grave and sit, well, sit around the grave, bring food, and actually have a meal Mm -hmm. on the grave. That's amazing. And just share stories. Yeah. 
And that's it, it, the thing about Day of the Dead, you know, like wh- how beautiful, you know, and shame on me for not, you know, not not researching this and um, making myself self aware of what what it really meant. But like just having these two days to celebrate your loved ones yeah. and the idea of them being, you know, that the veil is gone and that they're there with you and you're just like celebrating that their life. Right. And I think that's a big part of what some traditions miss is it's a, a time to grieve. Yes. And it's sad that they're not here, but they are here. And you just have to keep talking to them and keep walking, welcoming them home. And they're always, you know, here with you. And I think that's absolutely beautiful. So in, in closing, all in all, uh, Day of the Dead is a way of... Um, maintaining a, a, a healthy, uh, intimate relationship um, with the unknown. Mm-hmm. And not, and it, it's not only an occasion for like festivities, it's, um, but also for a uh, profound recollection of um, those who, who have died and um, an invitation to, to just reflect on, on death, which is not necessarily... A bad thing. Right. It's just the next step. It's just the next step. Yeah. And that's, I think, going to be the common denominator in all of the things that we're going to talk about today is it's just just the next step. Yep. I love that celebration. And another celebration that we're going to touch on briefly is the celebration of Samhain. And Samhain is a pagan holiday. It's a Celtic Mm -hmm. holiday. Um, It coincides with the harvest. So as Day of the Dead, it's, it's this time of year where seasons are changing. Crops are dying and crops are, you know, you're getting ready to plant new ones here in the spring. This is also a veneration of ancestors. This is also a time where we're going to remember and we're going to think about and we're going to reflect on our time with those um, loved ones. They do a lot of the same things that the Mexican tradition of, of Day of the Dead does. So you have that idea of setting an empty plate at the table during oh, your wow. Samhain meal to share with the ancestors. They make altars just like they do in Day of the Dead. So here is one of the examples. Here's a couple of altars here. The photograph, very important. Candles, very important. And they like to decorate their altars with with foods of the harvest. So pumpkins, squash, things that you're going to, apples, things that you're going to find at this time of year, corn. Pumpkin um, spice frappuccino from Starbucks. Absolutely. That's what my grandmother wants. Yeah. More I than bet. anything. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> um, Samhain, we also decorate, I say we, but they also decorate their altars with um, some sort of divination. So you might have a tarot card on there. You might have your pendulum on there. Um, they have some sort of divination tool on the table. Sometimes they use certain crystals like quartz. Quartz is a big, huge really? amplifier. Um, so if you, if you work with quartz, which we have a show coming up in, I think two more episodes, three more episodes about how to work with stones. So when you're working with quartz, that's going to amplify everything that's happening. So if you're wanting to welcome back your, your deceased ancestors, this is going to amplify that intention. So let me ask you this. It's not, I mean, though it has some of the same aspects Mm -hmm. of day of the dead with, with, you know, uh, loved ones who have passed. All Souls is not necessarily a, a, is it a more somber? They're not so out All partying. Souls Day is not this. Oh. 
Yeah, All Souls Day is a Christian re- a Christian tradition. All Saints. This is this is Samhain. Samhain. This is God. <laughs> this I'm is sorry. totally different, and it's just a celebration, just like this, of that cycle of death. And but the, it's not parties or anything like that. It's a celebration. They get together. They have a meal. They call it the Feast of the Dead, and this is where they set their plate for their ancestor. They um, do. There are crafts that are done. It is a celebration. It's not a grieve a time of grieving. They do acknowledge the peace of death. And so there's normally a skull of some sort on the altar. Um, and that's their way of just kind of acknowledging death itself, right? It's just part of that cycle. They have certain colors that are that tend to be used more than others. Um, black, white, yellow, orange, kind of those fall yeah. kind of colors. Now, there are a couple of candles that are used um gold candles represent positivity and abundance so it's Mm. good to use a gold one and then black candle represents the grieving but it's also protection so it's good to burn those two colors of candles um oranges are good to put on your altar at Samhain new life beginnings is kind of what that means oranges are also used in a lot of spell work Um, (laughs) we cut an orange in half so Samhain is just a celebration, again, of, of that cycle of you've, you've passed, but you're still here. You know, it's just in the next step. It's just moving on to the next stage. Now, in my particular religion, if you want to call it that, I don't know, I don't really have a religion, but I don't believe that the veil thins at this time of the year. Really? I believe because I... I, I well, talk- you think it's like... It, 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 I talk to the dead all the time. It's thinning, you know. <laughs> I believe the it's time. the it's the way it is. Now, I also believe that this is the season of the year where a lot of people are focused on speaking to the dead. A lot of people are focused on Halloween. A lot of people are focused on Dia de los Muertos. A lot of people are focused on Samhain. A lot that idea is out there in the universe. Twenty four seven. Twenty four seven. But right now, they say that if you have 1% of 1% of the population, any given population, set their intention on something, it can happen. 1% of 1%. Right now, I guarantee you we're above 1% of 1%. So that is why right now you are seeing that veil metaphorically thin because we're all thinking about it. We've all set this intention that the veil is thin and we're going to, you know, speak to the ancestors and we have the haunted houses and we have this and we have, you know, Halloween and we, all of this is happening right now at the same time, whether it's, you know, fun traditions like Halloween, whether it's serious ones like Samhain and, and, and Day of the Dead, all of this is happening at the same time, setting the intention out there by millions of people, if not more. So we do start to see it more. We're also looking for it more right now. Right. Right. We're looking for it. It's spooky season. Let's go ghost hunting. Let's do this. Let's do that. But they're always there. You know, they're not. It's not. My belief is it's not a certain time of the year that you can speak to them. You can speak to them anytime you want to. Um, but that's just because I, I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it's not. It, it's not a thinning of the veil per se for me. However, this time of the year, because so many of us are setting that intention, this is a really good time to do spiritual work. This is a really good time to make an altar. Even if it's not an altar to your ancestors, make it for your angels. I have an angel altar in my bedroom. Really? Yeah. Make an altar. Light candles. Speak to your ancestors. Remember them. 
Guys, we Joe and I went to a cemetery last night to do a, a little segment on how cemeteries aren't haunted. And by the way, that one was. So we'll talk about that later. But <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> um, go to the cemetery and and visit because cemeteries are just that. They're memorials, right? They are a place you can go and sit and and remember the good times with this person. But you can do that at home too. But that's why we have a cemetery. We're not, we don't have a cemetery for the person who's dead. We have a cemetery for the living. And that's where I have a hard time, you know, even like visiting my father's grave. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I probably don't do it as often as I should. Mm -hmm. Um, because I look at that as like a sad, right. Like I can remember the day, you know, I can remember his funeral, all Um, your emotions, all the emotions kind of like come back. Um, but, you know, I think I probably, I mean, you've been in my house. I kind of have an altar. Mm-hmm. I have a bookcase and all of my dead relatives <laughs> <laughs> and and dogs and cats right. and everything. They're all up. Like there's a, there's kind of like a makeshift altar in my home year round. Right. You know, because I, I, I see them every day. I pass by them. You think about them I, every day. I think about them every day. So though this is beautiful, you know, and of course, during this time of year, it is very colorful with mm-hmm. all the marigolds and the candles and stuff like that. But I, um, you know, I have this this altar like year round and it's hard for me to not associate the grave site with right. negative. I would rather in my mind, I would rather have that altar. But I do get what you're saying. Yeah. You know, it's not. <clears throat> But that's what I'll, that's that's part of it is you don't have to go there. Like you can yeah. be at your house with your your little makeshift altar, or, you know, your photos, whatever it is that you're using to remember that person. And you don't have to be at the cemetery. They're not standing at their grave waiting on you. When's Joe coming today? You know, they're at your <laughs> right. house. They're with you. They're with your loved ones. They're they're other yeah. places. Um, this is also a really good time to use divination tools. Get out mm-hmm. those dousing rods. Get your tarot out. Get your uh, Ouija boards, all the fun things that you like to use to communicate. This is a good time for that because that intention is out there right now. You know, millions of people are setting this intention for the next few weeks. Um, this is also a really good time to do a house cleansing. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I need one of those. Yeah, get out your rocks, people. Get your crystals, get your smoke of choice and and cleanse your home. Um, make sure you're making some sound, clap your hands, ring a bell, whatever you need to do to to get that out. Um, also, it's really good. And I didn't think about this as part of thinning of the veil until I was doing the research for this episode. Go outside at sunrise or sunset. Have you ever been sitting outside at sunrise or sunset? And it's just a different feeling. It is a feeling of calm and of peace. And I don't know about you, but I reflect so much better on the world and I'm more present and mindful at that moment than probably any other time of the day. And I don't know why, maybe it's just because it's the beginning of the day or the end of a day, but it's a beautiful, calm moment for me. As is, um, and you know, in the part of Florida that, uh, <laughs> that we live in, I think another most peaceful moment is when it is nighttime and it is late at night and you just go out and you just look up at the stars. Yep. 
that just I seem endless, that. just like you're, you're, you know, a, a sunrise at a beach or something where you're looking out into the ocean and it's just like endless. That's a great point. Yes. I love doing that. We used to have a trampoline when the kids were little and I would go and lay on it at night yeah. with a blanket and I just look at the trampoline. stars. Yeah. And it, that's a great idea. So those are just some ways that you can take advantage of this time while it's here. Um, you know, reflect on those ancestors, reflect on the people you love. Don't forget them. Talk to them. Pray for them. They they love talking to you. When they when you talk about them, they are next to you. They are with you. They love it. Don't make me cry right now. Okay. Not on this podcast. All right. Well, you guys, it was a great episode. It was. Next week we have our fun Halloween special. All of my friends have gotten together and they have told some really cool ghost stories. We're going to make a compilation of them and put them out for you guys on Monday. And then after that, we're going to go back to metaphysical stuff for a little bit. Um, Joe and I, like I said, we went to the cemetery last night um, to prove everyone wrong and it didn't work out. So yeah. we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But I'm going to try and put that maybe on TikTok or something a little later this week. But until next week, guys, I hope you have a wonderful week. Happy Dia de los Muertos. I messed it up at the end. <laughs> no, but it I sounded well. better than I just say Day of the Dead. Okay. <laughs> happy that. Happy Samhain. <laughs> happy Halloween. Yes. All of the things. You guys have a wonderful season and we will talk to you in November.